It's Wednesday, March 21st, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Brasilia, Brazil. Well, today, Josh and Farah and Beth and I are again here in Brazil, and today we are in the capital of Brazil, in Brasilia, where we will meet with the central authority uh, for the Brazilian Adoption Program, as well as uh, potentially meet with the embassy here in Brasilia as well. And so we're very excited about the continuation of this trip. Uh, but really, what we want to talk about is some things that we learned yesterday. So, Josh, tell, tell us a little bit about some of the things we accomplished yesterday in Curitiba. Thanks, Herbie. Yeah, we were, had the, just the great privilege of meeting with the central government there in Curitiba uh, with Seja and just a, a psychologist and social worker and the, uh, the director there. and Just a great time of encouragement to, to listen to them talk about um, just their care, their care of children um, that are in care and how they're really uh, promoting domestic adoption and so many great things that are going on there uh, with domestic adoption in that area. And then we were able to really talk about international adoption um, and what that looks like and how we are preparing families. That's something um, that we talk about a lot at Lifeline is that we want to make sure we're preparing families. And it really went in line with what we talked about because um, we talked about children that have sibling groups. Um, We talked about children that were a little older. Um, We talked about children that may have some needs um, in their past, some trauma in their past and those things. And so we were just able to respond with our training that we go through with families. Um, When we are having families that are adopting sibling groups or older children, Uh, Our families are going through a great uh, in-depth training through that, and it was just a good dialogue to have with the government about training families, um, but also protecting children and protecting their identities and protecting them. And um, just you could see the heart of the central authority that they want the best interests of those children to be there. And so we were just sharing how we do protect our children uh, and their identities through our our website. And we're just at a point, Herbie, where we want to we want to work really hard to see uh, missional Christian families that would come forward to adopt um, from Brazil. And we want to just see, are, are there families out there that have a heart for Brazil? Are there families that have a heart for sibling groups? Are there families that have a heart for children that are older? And it just really was a lot of confirmation today um, or yesterday when we were meeting with them to, to be able to hear um, the opportunities that we will have moving forward. A couple of things that we learned, some, some specifics that we learned that we can talk about are, um, you know, things that the domestic adoption program is 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 going strong. Um, but then when children aren't able to be placed domestically, they're uh, then become eligible at some point to, to be adopted internationally. And there's a federal system of, uh, of a computer system where families are able to be loaded in there and the children are able to be um, there as well. And the, there's a committee that comes together to be able to see those children match with families. And so it's just uh, really great clarity um, to, uh, with this program and just continue to learn more and more. So our team was there, um, our, our local team, as well as our Lifeline team, just getting to meet with the Central Authority. And these are important meetings because it helps us plan for the future. Yeah, and this this particular meeting was the central authority here in this local state. And so they are obviously looking over the regions 
And one of the things that we've wanted to ask uh, many of these central authorities, and we get to meet with the ones in Rio, uh, Sao Paulo, we got to meet today, and then we'll meet with not only the federal, but the local in Brasilia as well. But one of the things we're trying to do, right, Beth, is get a profile of who are the children that are in need. So as we're looking for families for children, who are these children that really do need families? What are their needs? What's their basic profile? And so we did learn a little bit more about that today, and, and even we're able to see some true referrals of kids that need homes. And so can you just give us a, an overview of what does the average child profile look like that needs a family here in Brazil? Yes, we are so excited because as a result of these meetings, we feel like we have such a greater clarity. Um, and a lot of times it just takes us coming and having a good face-to-face conversation just to learn about, like you said, what are the true needs of the children here? Because um, that's our heart at Lifeline is really to find those those families, the best families for these kiddos. So in talking with the psychologist and social worker, one thing that was really cool is this was the, the state that really started international adoption and leads in adoption. And so they're really the ones who set the tone for the rest of the country. They set the policies that really influence. And so just to hear from them that they definitely see sibling groups as one of the biggest needs. And so um, definitely sibling groups of two, but really looking more at the sibling groups of three, four, five children. Um, I, we just adore their hearts that their their pri- priority would be to keep these siblings together, knowing that they have nothing else in the world but each other. Um, after everything they've gone through, like that is their family, their bond. And so it is definitely the most important thing to keep them together when possible and so they basically were asking us do you ever have families adopting sibling groups and we said yes yes we do we would love um to find families for siblings and those could really vary in ages if it's three or more they could be 10 and under they could be older they just could really vary in ages um they even showed us a couple profiles of some sweet sibling groups so that we know that we're going to be advocating for um, and then they also mentioned uh, older children, of course, children probably about nine and older with or without medical special needs. But I think typically here we see children with uh, minor medical needs that are older and with any. And so, of course, their, their challenge is that they're older and they're going to have some history and really going to need a really special family to walk through those um, just processing of, and be being part of their family and then the other thing we are super 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 um excited to learn more about are children with medical needs of all ages uh that's something we've just been trying to gain a little bit more clarity on over the last uh, year or two as we've been piloting the program now both of those families adopted sibling groups or older children so this was a little bit of a gray area for us and so for them to say we see children with deafness we see children with hearing loss or blindness vision loss um children with hiv children with down syndrome they said they've seen pretty much seen it all with the younger kiddos with special needs medical special needs and so um we're really excited they are definitely at a point where they are always going to be advocating for the child's best interest and so they prefer families to be home study and dossier ready so to really begin their process and get that approval before um being well they have to do that before being matched but they would prefer us to have families ready so that when these children are declared abandoned they're immediately matched with families they're not institutionalized any longer and we we adore that in them and they've even talked to us about hey there are sometimes kiddos um that might just be there's a 14 year old situation or you know a younger child with a bigger need and 
you guys can advocate. So we're really hammering out how that's going to look, but we're just excited to learn more about who are the children of Brazil, how can we advocate for them, and how can we find forever families. Yeah, and we just uh, were so impressed by the meeting, by yeah. the psychologist, by the social worker, and the whole office. And you could tell that they really do care for and love these children. And, and one of the things that we continually have seen in Brazil is that they are uh, about the privacy and the rights of these kids. And so while certainly other countries will do photo listings and will put a lot more information out about their kids, Brazil is, is very protective because they want to make sure that folks are adopting their kids because they really have a heart for their country and they really have a heart for these kids and they're approved for these kids and they know uh, what they're getting into uh, from, a, from a cultural perspective even before they fall in love with a picture. And uh, one of the things that we got to do today that was just really special special is the central authority actually agreed to take us to a home and it was a home for uh, young girls and there were uh, eight girls that were in this little home a little foster home with a mom you could tell that the mom really uh, adored these girls that were in her home and you could also tell that the again it was an opportunity for us to see the psychologist at action as she was loving on these girls you could tell this is not the first time she had seen these girls that she'd been around these girls and so several of their stories were different and we know of at least six of them that their uh, their journey is really still in the midst of some uncertainty they don't know if they're going to be terminated and, and if they will be available for adoption or or if they could be reunified with a relative but one little girl stood out she was 14 years old and Farrah will you just tell us about this little girl that that they said hey can you find a family for her yeah and just to reiterate what everyone was saying we really loved um the city getting to know the people and the team that are working with the children um, and the home was great very loving you could tell just everyone loves all eight girls um, but the little girl that stuck out to us um, she's 14 she's been in care for several years now um, and just a sad part of her story is that she had siblings that have been adopted um, and so she's you know the only one that hasn't been adopted and um, just with our team in, interacting with her, we were just able to tell she has such a kind heart, such a sweet girl, um, you know, definitely I think has 14-year-old girl challenges, um, but just very kind. She actually um, loves singing and so wanted to sing us a couple of songs and um, the home she's in is actually um, run by a church here and so she was just able to sing one of her favorite um, Christian songs for us and it was just a very sweet moment to see um, that piece of her heart um, and you could really just tell um, who she was through her singing and just seeing her confidence through music um, and so that's something that really stuck out to us I think brought many of us to tears um, just seeing her and I know for us um, we know 14 year olds can definitely scare families because they are older and just you know they've been in care longer but um just really sweet to see that side of a 14 year old and know that she needs a home um, and so our heart is to really just advocate for her as well um just for a family and just to see what the lord will do through her life um, as well so we're continuing to talk to the team in Curitiba to learn more about her and her history and um, just kind of you know, what would adoption look like for her? And so we're definitely um, advocating for this sweet little girl. 
Yeah, I would just encourage you if you have a a home study ready and maybe the Lord is calling you to a 14-year-old to get in touch with Farah this week. Uh, You can call our office always at 205-967-0811 or uh, you can email us always at info at lifelinechild.org and just say, I want to learn more about this little 14-year-old girl in uh, Curitiba that I heard on the Defender podcast and we'd be glad to get you some information. Well, Josh, you know, tomorrow we... Uh, are going to go to Rio. And certainly we talked about even yesterday that there's some security concerns in Rio. uh, And and what a diverse country. Uh, We even have heard, you know, we went to the countryside, which was yesterday, um, Curitiba. We've we've been to the big city in the metropolis, Sao Paulo. Uh, We've been to kind of their Washington, D.C. today in Brasilia. And then we're going to go to the beach in Rio. Uh, But if folks want to know, again, how they can get more engaged with Lifeline, with what we're doing here in Brazil, or with intercountry adoption and, and learning more about intercountry adoption, how can they get in touch with you and get in touch with our team? Yeah, Herbie, one of the things when, when families are starting the intercountry adoption process, we say it begins with a relationship. I really think, I really believe that. I believe the whole process of intercountry adoption is about a relationship. You want to have a solid relationship with your agency, your worker, um, with the Lord, with your with your spouse. There's so many relationships that are built into the to the adoption process. And um, so as, as families are asking, how do, you know, how do I learn more? What do I need to do to do that? There's a couple of ways that um, you can do that. As you can, you can email us at info at lifelinechild.org. But what we would like to do is if you do that, we'd like to get you in contact with one of our program directors or uh, Marcy Larson, one of our international adoption specialists. And um, just to start building that relationship so you can hear a voice of someone um, that is speaking toward this, that does this ministry every day. So info at lifelinechild.org. You can also attend one of our webinars or an info meeting. Go to our website, go to events and find out more about those. But every third Thursday of the month, we have a webinar called the Roadmap to Intercountry Adoption. And we have one of our team members lead that. And that is really a beginning of a relationship um, because we try to make that personal. We try to then follow up with you. And those kind of things, and also if you're at a, if you're at a place um, where you're you're kind of at that st- step where you're ready to start uh, moving forward to the next step, to take the next step, the thing we really encourage families to do is go fill out our pre-application on our website. You just go to the apply button. It is no obligation, no cost, and takes less than five minutes to do this. And go fill out that pre-application. What that does is allow one of our team members to give you a call, and so. They can give you a call and then they can talk with you through um, all the options that are there for your family. And so those are three major ways that we would love to get in contact together to learn more about international adoption is info at lifelinechild.org, our third Thursday webinars, or one of our other info meetings that are around the country, or going and filling out our pre-app. Um, and doing those three things, um, one of those three things will, will really get you started in learning more. No question is bad. We want to, we talk to families every day. They're just calling to find out the very basic information. So we want to encourage you, if you're thinking and praying about that today, the Lord is pricking your heart. Feel free to pick up the phone and our team would love to talk to you. 
Yeah, and we would just encourage you too is maybe the Lord's not calling you to adoption. There is always something that you can do and you can get engaged on our website, but you can also start today praying for this 14-year-old little girl that she will find a family and praying for those who might be called to adoption in Brazil or adoption in general or to support them in different ways uh, and avenues that, that exist. And so we're just so grateful for this time that we've got to have in Brazil. We would ask and covet your prayers uh, for the continuation of our journey today here in Brazil. And then the next couple of days in Rio and uh, just very excited about uh, the things that the Lord is doing and just hope that you will want to get more engaged with what what we see uh, as Lifeline's role in Brazil. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.